0: A vague disclaimer is no one's friend. This podcast will look at episodes in relation to Buffy and Angel as a whole, and therefore contains spoilers for the entirety of both series. If you haven't seen all of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel the series, go and watch them before you listen to this. Remember, you've been warned.
1: The hardest thing in this world is to live in it. That's why there's us, champions. We live as though the world were as it should be, to show it what it can be.
2: The Earth is definitely doomed.
0: It's Tuesday, so it must be time to return to the Hellmouth. We're going through the Buffyverse episode by episode and a look back at Joss Whedon's iconic show. I'm MC, and I'm here with... This is Andy.
1: And this is David.
0: Wow, so we did it, guys. We've gotten to episode 12 of season 1, Prophecy Girl. Woo! Yay! We've gotten through an entire the entire first season, which as as we've learned is a little bit of a challenge
2: at times. Yes, it really can be a challenge. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, this is this is really. I, I I was watching this and I was like sitting here. I was sitting there and I was like, okay, this is when it actually becomes Buffy.
0: Yes. That. Yeah. In watching this, it's like, wow, this totally makes like all of like the. Um, It makes Teacher's Pet worth it.
2: (laughs) Um, Nothing makes Teacher's Pet worth it. I will never watch that episode again. Okay, sorry. Unless, like, you need to trigger me to become some some kind of Hulk-like creature to smash things. But, no,
0: definitely I agree. I am recognizing these characters more for what they will be in the second season. And, I mean, that probably comes down to the fact that this is... Uh, written and directed by the man himself, Joss Whedon. Uh, And not only that, this is the first time Joss has ever directed anything. So just think about those Avengers movies and all that stuff. That would not have happened were it not for uh, Prophecy Girl. Which, for anybody
2: who's seen Age of Ultron, that might be a
1: (laughs) good or bad thing. Maybe that's not the (laughs) best comparison. Uh,
2: You know, I, I actually took kind of notes on how I kind of felt about you know Joss's directing, yeah, like his—he's not known for being this amazing visual director. No, that's just not you know. People in movie rooms are like, no, it's fine. There's some nice visuals. There's some—he's known for sort of this, you know, the writing and the and pulling performances, really great performances yeah. out of his. Yeah, actors. he's more an
1: actor's director.
2: He's very much an actor's director, which I appreciate because most of the time, I mean, I like a cool visual, don't get me wrong. I like a good Artur filmmaker. I love, you know, Mm -hmm. he might not be a visual visual.
0: filmmaker, but he is good at some very iconic shots. Uh, Oh, yeah. I know for a lot of the Buffy's hero shots come from Joss episodes and, you know, like the, the. the long crane shots, you know, like coming down onto Buffy. And I mean, I can think of one specifically in this episode when they're revealing her th- to the Masters being alive again. I was like, that's a gorgeous shot, but we will get it is, more onto it that is. later.
2: So just- It's fi- very it's um, very Spielbergian, but yes, yeah. it's a lovely shot.
0: Uh, so just to finish up with the um, uh, stats for the episode, this originally aired uh, June 2nd, 1997.
2: So- Oh, this is the day before my birthday. Huh. Ah! Yay. Well, happy
1: birthday. Happy Bobby. Back then,
2: yeah. Happy 23rd birthday to me (laughs) in retrospect. So, the first
0: thing I have to ask is uh, a little nitpicky, but is the spring fling separate from the whole
2: May queen
1: thing? I I don't know, but
2: I think we share a brain because I had the same note. Is this a different dance? Is this yes, the same dance? No, my, my, like,
1: my take on it, the May Queen seems to be an annual thing that isn't necessarily that as school related. It's sort of a town thing. That's my guess. And this is they actually refer to this as the prom at some point during yeah, the well, Yeah, and so I had this a note is, about
0: that too. It's like, is this a spring fling or is that a prom? Because usually those seem to be like kind of different. yeah. I'm kind of wondering if maybe Joss just never got invited to any dances when he was at the school, so he has really no
2: idea how they actually work. Did he go to like an all boys school?
0: Maybe that doesn't mean he didn't go to any dances.
2: That's true. That's true. I I don't I don't know. Don't quote me that as fact, but I have some recollection
1: that. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, I mean, this is like prom to me suggests end of year. Mm-hmm. thing whereas yeah. a spring fling would not necessarily be an end of year thing
0: yeah but then also so if you I, look in giles's office he's his calendar says that it's june so
1: so yeah so i'm guessing promish. yeah if not in fact prom yeah
2: yeah i mean the, i know schools in different places stop and end later than i'm used to because mm-hmm. For me, prom means the first one or two weeks in May, because mm-hmm. graduations are like May fifteenth or twentieth. Yeah. So, mm. but a lot of people stay, you know, go into June. So I don't know. Whatever. I don't know anything about
0: high school. I dropped out when I was in ninth grade. So okay. And also, I'm Canadian. So I mean, even if I had gone, you know, different school systems.
1: Right. So I mean, I I'm pretty. I think my high school ended like first week of June. Mm-hmm. That's my. Vague remembrance, this many years later. So
2: yeah, we we stop mid May and come back mid August. Oh, okay. Play, yeah, we, yeah, we would absolutely. come back in
1: September, so it might be yeah. slightly shifted.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Could be the weather. I don't know. It gets super sunny and hot, so mm-hmm. all you want to do is oh, sit yeah, in our air, air conditioner. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> my apartment is eighty-seven degrees right now, just so you know, because they have not turned on my air conditioner. So oh. So, yeah. Um, so I digress about my sweat. Yes,
1: here on here on the <laughs> school ending day <thing> podcast.
0: <laughs> well, uh, getting back into the episode, uh, just talking about the spring fling slash prom. It opens with Xander practicing on Willow to ask Buffy out. And this yeah. scene is so fucking uncomfortable. Just on many levels.
1: Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to actually have some sympathy for Xander in this episode, but there's also a lot of, like, no, that's not good.
0: <laughs> actually, I have to say, in terms of what we've seen Xander do this season, he's not terrible in this episode. No. There's some parts where he's really great. There's other parts where it's like, Ugh, I'm starting to lose sympathy for you, but for the most part, he's okay. Um, yeah, I... Th-
2: I, you know, kind of said the same thing in my notes. It's like, you know, Xander, you're, you're okay. Yeah. Um, a lot of things you do are motivated by being a teenage boy. And I don't find any of them nearly as gross as what we usually see with Xander. So
1: yeah. No, my my biggest problem with Xander is he still doesn't see how Willow feels about him. Yeah. Except and I think he just,
0: does. I just don't know. Or, or, or he's
1: ignoring it, which is in fact worse.
0: Yeah, I think that's what it. Is. I mean, actually, Willow is kind of what makes the opening most uncomfortable for me because she's just fucking loving it. Xander practicing on, on her. And she's yeah. like, do you want to keep practicing on me? And I'm just like, Show some self-respect, woman. Granted, she will oh, no. later in the episode, but just yeah, the beginning
1: I, is so uncomfortable. My my first two lo- my first two notes are literally, "Oh, Xander, you still haven't learned," and followed almost immediately by, "Oh, Willow, you still haven't learned."
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He has a line in the scene where Willow goes and talks to him in the classroom, and he's like, "What? Well, we'll go together." And she's yeah, like, "No, that's, that's not going to happen." That's the part, where, and, and, and he goes, and "Oh, I, I didn't I give think." give Willow a lot of credit, which too, is sort goes, of the no. motto for Xander. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, "I'm not doing that." He's like, I didn't think like yeah. that's the line I did. Yeah, because he's just not thinking. Um, I mean, I think he, you know, he he gives Buffy this like guilt trip. Yeah. Um, when she says no, and the whole, you know, pulling the angel card out, but generally he kind of accepts that it's happened. Yeah. He doesn't stay and yeah. try to make a case. Yeah, right. Um. He goes away to listen to country music, the music of pain. He yes. actually doesn't nice guy as much as I thought he would because he doesn't, like,
0: shame, really shame Buffy for, like, being interested in Angel. Like, I mean, his comment about you have to be undead to get time with you is a little not great, yeah. but it could have been so much worse.
1: Well, that's, that's the thing. When yeah. I say I have sympathy for Xander, it's the, you know, when you're 16 getting up the the guts to ask someone out is really hard. Mm -hmm. And then when you get rejected, that really hurts. Yeah. And so like, I I sympathize with that. That's tough. And I see, and like, I I really don't like how Xander reacts to the rejection, but I but I, I give him some points for having the reaction and then letting it go. Yeah. It's an initial angry response, which I, it's a response I understand in a way. Because yeah. it's like, ow! I've just been stabbed. Yeah, well, emotionally. I, well, and I. But but ahead. he doesn't. But he doesn't hold on to it.
2: Yeah, I think it's also an understandable reaction because he's talking to Buffy. This isn't some random girl he's been crushing on and doesn't really know him, mm-hmm. right? right? And getting rejected and going, okay, thanks, ma'am. I won't bother you again. And accepting it and going away, which I actually think Xander probably would do if it was someone other than Buffy but Buffy kind of knows him and their friends and so with our friends sometimes we can say things that aren't great knowing that they're even though she doesn't want to go out with him she's probably going to forgive him. Mm-hmm. I respect him for finally actually coming out and just asking her
0: out. I oh, that, yeah. that is a yeah. huge thing. And then yeah when she rejects him yeah he makes like kind of a shitty comment but he does, he does let it go, where it's just like, Buffy's trying to explain to him, it's like, oh, but, and then he's like, no, I just don't want to do this right now, which I respect. Um, and But we'll get more into Zan- some of the other things that Xander does later, um, because he's got actually some really great parts. Um, but after we have the uncomfortable scene in the bronze, we get a small fight scene with Buffy, which... You, I can definitely see that this episode was set up to be a finale, because this opening fight scene with Buffy really reminds me of the opening fight scene from The Gift, which is another false finale uh, mm-hmm. Buffy fighting against a vampire. Um, of course, the thing is, the line three in one night, my only note on that is how quaint- Three in
2: one night? That's a big deal for you at this time. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wonder how many vampires she actually averages a night. Like, Hmm. three seems like fairly average. I don't think there's like hordes of them roaming around all the time. Yeah, well,
0: but three in one night for her um, is, I would say, probably average. But
2: here,
1: Mm.
0: Buffy actually, like, this is like a major deal for her that she is. Yeah.
1: yeah, and also she she does indicate that there has been more activity of late.
0: Yeah, um, I I do need to correct myself from the last episode. I w- it's not it's not Mitch it's, it's not Kevin. Mitch, I was sure it was. Well, yep. they look exactly the same.
1: They do. They really do.
0: Yeah, and I, and she doesn't really refer to him like um, until the later scene where she's talking about Kevin, and then it's like, oh wait. Right. Okay. Oh, it's not the same guy. I was sure it was. Um, but, yeah, no, dudes look the same. It's, you know, kind of that, you know, average, you know, WB high school guy, you know, who is right. probably, like, 27 years old, really.
2: Uh, well, then, so is Charisma, so. Well, yeah. yes.
1: Yes. Yeah. Basically, interchangeable football team guy.
2: Yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah,
0: but I just wanted to correct that because I... I Pride myself on my correctness, uh, and, but I'm willing to admit when I'm wrong. So
2: that's okay. It was a very, very small being wrong. Yeah, was it like. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, also a season one is not one that I watch it in, in succession a lot. Uh, right. I will watch like an episode or two, but watching them all in a group for some reason, I don't do that a lot, and. I actually don't watch this episode much, and having sat down to watch this again, I was like, "Wow, why don't I watch this one more? This one is fantastic. This is yeah. it's probably so one of it's the so best good. episodes of the entire series."
1: Yes, absolutely, and cer- certainly of the season.
2: Definitely, I em- think it's. I think it's on many of Joss's top ten lists. I uh, think this is number this ten is, on his top ten list. This is Joss's list. top.
0: This is his tenth favorite episode. Yeah. So.
2: And I, and I really do, like you guys said before, it does set up what this show is, mm-hmm. you know. And this, this episode, just to look back on it when it first aired, this is the episode where I was hooked.
0: Yeah. Like, I really
2: was. liked the show. I had started recording it so I could watch it when I wasn't home, but on a VCR. Um, but, yeah, this one just pulled me in and... I never loved anything this much. I have never loved anything as much as I love Buffy, besides, like, human beings that Mm -hmm. I love. Um, And animals, come on. You're going to hurt River's feelings. And and I'm sorry, well, oh, wait, I'm sorry. My cat is a person. She thinks she's a person, and we all think she's a person, Mm. so there's that. Uh, But, yeah, and this sort of really, it not only got me into Buffy, it actually was my gateway drug. You guys know what I'm talking about? Like, I had loved other things like Star Wars a mm-hmm. great deal. But in this time period, 1997, there wasn't a lot going on. And I didn't, it was pre-internet, so I didn't have access to, like, fandom life. Yeah. And this show not only was a great show, it also sort of was that first big show to get a lot of its traction off the internet. And so. Well,
0: as Willow says in this episode, it's the computer age. Nerds are in.
2: Nerds are in. Yeah.
0: They and still yes. are. And I even twenty years later, I think it's even more true today than it was back then.
1: So, mm. oh, speaking of Willow, I just I, I just noticed a note I made uh, from back when uh, Xander and Buffy, when Xander's asking Buffy, uh, Xander's asking Buffy out. Yes, he says there's a point where he says Willow's not looking to date you unless she's playing things really oh, he... close to the chest. And I was like, wow, that's. Well, probably not actual foreshadowing, but
2: unintentional foreshadowing. Well,
0: actually, uh, they do address the issue of whether or not Willow is attracted to Buffy in the comics. Uh, that is one of the right, few but things that's... that I actually know from the comics. I know it. Um, right,
1: but that's later.
0: Yeah, um, Joss um, was planning to have Willow or Xander come out
1: eventually.
0: Mm-hmm. So I don't know how far back he started peppering and the little like things yeah. that he could pick up later should he decide to do it but i mean maybe it was now but maybe. i do know that yeah uh willow despite um uh coming out as a lesbian later is not interested in buffy um like th- there's uh i think when buffy ho- hooks up with satsu willow asks how it was because she's kind of curious Mm. Um, but
2: she, for the most part does not think of you like that. So
1: yeah. And at this point she's basically still obsessed with Xander. Yeah. So, Oh yeah. I just
2: say, yeah. Unintentional foreshadowing. Right. is What I, yeah, I, 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 d- I kind of I figured that Joss
1: hadn't actually decided on that yet, mm. but, but it's interesting so. that this is there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> now, uh, back to, uh, the opening with, uh, the earthquake scene. Um, I, I'm kind of wondering about Xander and Willow. Um, running under the stairs. Um, mm-hmm. That seems incredibly unsafe to me.
1: Um, I think that might actually be... Well, given where they are, mm-hmm. that might actually be the safest place. Uh, I don't... I'm not actually sure. I, I, I know that during earthquakes, people often go into door frames. Yeah. Um, and that... That it may not actually be the safest, but it yeah. may be the most safe seeming.
0: Yeah. Place. Yeah. I mean, I, I just you know, since there, you know, it there are wooden stairs, and there were our people running panicked down the stairs at the time. It's like, hmm, I'm mm. not really sure if that's really great. And actually, I did uh, find out that uh, Allie at one point she puts her hands on the stairs to brace herself, and one of the extra steps on her hand and you can actually oh. hear, hear her make a, a noise. So, I mean, and granted, it's very realistic for that situation, but mm-hmm. I think that
2: proves my point. That that's not true. Yes.
1: Safe. Okay, good point. No, um,
2: the way those stairs are set up, they're like open stairs, yeah. so... Yeah, yeah no. I, I don't know. I don't have any experience with yeah. earthquakes.
1: Yeah, I, I... My only... my only. I mean, it didn't it didn't bother me because it seems to me that, like, in a situation like that, that might seem the safest place to go.
0: Yeah, fair enough.
1: Um, I wasn't in an so.
0: earthquake once, and ironically, it knocked over all of my Buffy action figures. Oh,
1: no. Mm. Foreshadowing. Terrible
0: earthquake. <laughs> I know, right? Foreshadowing. Um, and Mark Metcalf at the end of that scene. He's a oh,
1: fucking I know. treasure. Yes. Yeah, yeah
2: I mean, that that writing is really... And what I noticed is... Yeah, it's been kind of a slog. Not a bad. It's not been bad going through these episodes. Some of them were much more fun than I remember. Um, but the right, you know, Joss's writing compared to the writing of the other, you know, staff writers in this first season, there is a marked difference. The dialogue sings, and I think I said that in our very yes. first episode mm-hmm. that that snappy dialogue in Hellmouth and Harvest. It just it sings, it pops, it and it's back here. Jog, you know, and Joss is one of those just,
1: writers who really really just nails dialogue. Yeah. So Oh
2: yeah.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And I think we will start to get more writers other than Joss who get these characters and get the cadence of the language that they yes. use. Yes. Uh, but Very we much so. haven't
2: quite gotten to that yet. No. Oh no, yeah. I think I think they hire fairly new writing staff in season 2. I there are a few that stay like David Fury. No, not David, David Fury. Greenwald. David Greenwall.
1: Yeah. Um and, but uh, other than that Rock most Day's of Hotel, them go away.
2: Right. They stay for a little while yeah, too. Yeah. Um, but they get they get yeah. some of these writers in that
1: well, that really few. understand
2: these characters and very few of these writers survive. Yeah, we haven't season. gotten our ladies in yet. And no, yeah, we don't have our ladies yeah. who are amazing. Yes. Um mm-hmm.
1: uh,
0: the, I think this probably comes down to Joss being an actor's director, but everyone in this episode is fucking on point in terms of oh, yes. acting.
1: The performances um, are, are o- across the board um, good to excellent.
2: Yeah, I'm going to uh, disagree. I thought David Boreanaz went back to being pretty wooden. David Boreanaz. Like, he was not making... He's the one where... He was yeah. the
1: one who I was definitely putting at the bottom end of
2: yeah, the no. Yes. No, uh, I, I, he's I, not as terrible as he is in the first two episodes, no. but he, he's still not great. Uh, yeah, I was um, actually... He,
0: he, he was kind of the outlier in this, but, I mean, okay. everybody else gives mm-hmm. really oh really solid performances. Anthony Stewart Head has just this look on his face when mm-hmm. Sarah has come in as... Um, after the earthquake, and she's like, look, you know, I'm wearing a press-on. And um, <laughs> after she said that she has to go face her fate, and shes I think it's geometry, and she walks out. There's it's biology. Biology. There's yeah. just this expression on his face, and you can just see all the worry and the heartbreak. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And it's just amazing, and it's both, you know, kudos to Anthony Stewart Head and to Joss.
1: So, mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and it it's very yeah. It doesn't. There's not. And Joss, he's great at dialogue, but he's actually also really good at allowing actors space to face act. I guess I'll call it. Yeah. But like, have those moments of quiet and moments of reaction, and not just jump into the next. Yeah you know, plot thing or joke. So, yeah, Tony had his fantastic... Well, no, I do that...
0: remember a story that Joss told where in later seasons he was wondering if uh, Tony had some sort of eating disorder because he was eating in, like, every scene he was in. And, <laughs> and Tony was just like, no, you know, I just needed something to do, so...
1: Yeah, and and Sarah's performance, particularly in, in When She Finds Out that she's going mm-hmm. to die... Oh, God. Is That scene is... That performance is, is stellar. She really... She, she just nails that to the ground.
0: Uh, but before we get to that scene, we do have um, the whole... We do have Xander and Buffy, which um, we we talked about a little bit already. But I would like to ask why the fuck that kid just got up.
1: I don't know. I was, asked, I was wondering that. I was like, really? Is Xander like? Does Xander have that kind of command over his fellow students? I don't. No. See, I don't see it.
0: The only thing that I could figure is that that kid was harassed by Xander during the pack, and now is terrified of him. <laughs> okay. You
2: no, know, H- you fill Ted in those blanks that the writers don't. Yeah.
0: See, this is I'm a writer, so it is my uh, the way. I watch things is I've always got to fill in gaps.
1: Yeah. No. I do too. I, yeah. I agree. Um, that that one thing did that jumped out at me
0: yeah it was just it, well i mean he's an ass for asking somebody to just leave um yeah. and, and then the guy just does it it's just it's a very strange moment um and then after that we get a reappearance from jenny calendar yay, yay.
2: with that i wanted that haircut so badly oh
0: damn she's like, flying
2: she's funny. that is i mean that that haircut is super 90s with the little pc ends and the when she puts it up like, like i i took pictures to try to get a haircut like jenny's and it never worked mm. so
0: i actually took in um uh to the hairstylist i took um promo pictures of Allie from i think the third season to my hairdresser and it did not work as well because <clears> my hair is like super fucking curly uh, I yeah have mine that is color too. for a long time though i had that that very red color
1: i'd ha- be happy to have either of those haircuts right now <laughs> um
0: <laughs>
1: but uh yeah
2: um, no, if,
1: if i still had hair my hair would also be too curly <laughs> but uh <laughs> yeah
2: i have i have really curly hair and it just never i try to get buffy's haircut like she hasn't gone when she chops her hair off because and... i thought it was super cute um but it just doesn't work I mean I kind of have that length the haircut now but it doesn't yeah yeah my hair is like a big puffball so you know whatever um and uh Jenny ends up talking about portences of the apocalypse
0: which is considering how many apocaly there are in Buffy we don't yes. get a lot of portences.
1: no that's, yeah. this,
0: that's kind of just mm-hmm. in this and then I was thinking about it and i I think the next time those kind of portences come up is in Rain of fire on angel because they do get uh yeah. those, those kinds of things happening and i thought it was kind of weird because they're so freaky all of those things that oh those mentioned. are super yeah. gross and freaky uh, Yeah. apparently there was originally supposed to
2: be a rain of stones yes uh, it's a deleted scene yes uh but or a deleted never filmed yeah. scene
0: yeah they couldn't afford to do it and actually since i mentioned rain to fire they actually end up doing something very similar to that over on angel but they do it with like dive bombing birds like attacking the mm-hmm. hotel so
2: yeah, yes, yeah save do. the
0: idea for when they have more money
2: Yep. Well, yeah, I mean, all yeah, they have a much bigger budget at that point to be able to do. Um, one of the facts that I read is they had no CGI bud- budget, none. It was just not allowable in the budget. Yeah. Um, so. Th-
1: yeah, I mean, I mean, by the, I mean, the thing is, if they film these all in order, I mean, they're they were at the end of their budget. Mm-hmm,
2: yeah, uh, oh, yeah,
0: though I have to say that the um, Hellmouth Spawn uh, looks pretty mm. good, considering mm-hmm. uh, it was done by Optic Nerve Studios,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um,
0: who has won Emmys. And, and it says that they won an Emmy for Buffy, but I couldn't actually find, like, in Buffy's, like, awards that it said that it won an An award for that So I'm wondering if maybe One of them
2: got an award for makeup I think yeah, uh,
0: But I didn't know if that was connected to Optic Nerve Maybe it is But uh, the owner of Optic Nerve, Glenn Hetrick Is on Face Off He's on Face Off And he's also a costume designer for Lady Gaga
2: Yes, this is true I watch a lot of Face Off I I have done some makeup special effects In my time in micro-budget movies And have friends in the industry I had a friend who was supposed to
0: be on Face Off but she me too to, well she, uh, my friend wasn't able to get um a visa because she's Canadian so
2: oh mine had a contract with another production uh-huh. like so he did a lot of the special effects on those really terrible sci-fi channel movies oh so and since he was under contract well no he was under contract to like NBC Universe. I don't remember it was this year asylum movies. He does not do Asylum <laughs> movies. He does not. But his work is really, really great. Um, hi, Ben. Your work is really, really great.
0: We we love the B-movie workers.
2: I, yeah, absolutely. And he's one of the best. So, um, hi. Uh, anyway, yes, the monster is really cool. And it's very Lovecraftian. Yeah. And yes. I was kind of wondering how much Ultra Slime they had to use on that. It must have been buckets of Ultra Slime because it was pretty yucky
0: the uh nerd in me really wishes there was more lore on the hellmouth spawn mm-hmm. uh, yeah. because i am really that sort of nerd where it's just like give me lore that i can read is this an old one let me find because i mean this is actually something that they've never addressed in the comics i know because i looked it
2: up right i mean if the hellmouth collapse like where did those things go well the the creature does come back in the zeppo Right, but I mean, like, at the end in Chosen, like, it all implodes. Oh, like it, when the Hellmouth collapses, Like, where, yeah. where are those little creature dudes?
0: Well, if I am to understand the Hellmouth correctly, uh, it is not, it is a physical thing, but it is also a metaphysical thing. So mm-hmm. it, the creature comes out of a portal. Uh, okay. So it's probably on the other side of the portal, stuck in whatever hell dimension it's in. In the world without shrimp. Yes, in the world without shrimp. Possibly. But yeah, um, if I were to be writing for Buffy Comics, I would probably do something with the Hellmouth Spawn and give it a proper name. Because, I mean, they've done that with a lot of the other old ones.
2: Like I said, I'm that kind of nerd. I I mean, I like Lovecraft and shit like that, so. Yeah. No, it's very Lovecraft-y. It's, you know, it's rubber monsters, but... I like classic Doctor Who, so rubber monsters just don't bother oh, yeah. me.
1: Oh, no, I have so, no, I have no, no, nothing bothers me anymore, because...
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm like, whatever, Clash of the Titans, well, which is amazing stuff, yeah. but, um, but yeah, that kind of practical effect that you're like, well, it's a little cheesy, I I kind of sometimes like it better.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I totally dig that. Um, so we have Cordelia and Willow actually having a fairly, um...
1: Yeah, an extensive conversation. What's sense. up with that?
0: Yeah, and, and and it's fairly civil for. I mean, it's very it's Cordelia, civil.
2: Yeah, um, mm-hmm. it's very civil.
0: I'd be. Lying. Willow's
2: the one that's a little uncivil because she's obviously looking at Xander. Yeah, you know, she's like, yeah, whatever, Cordelia. Also, so. um,
0: I'd be lying if I said I, I didn't ship it a little bit. I, I mm. kind of do. Um, just huh. just a teeny tiny bit. Um, and I mean, we will see more of this dynamic come up in uh, season two. And I do remember yeah. back in the dark days of uh, fan fiction mailing lists uh, reading a thing <laughs> about um, Cordelia and Willow in the uh, supply closet in Schoolheart.
2: Um, okay.
0: But I, I, this is kind of like the first scene of them, like them really, you know, not having like this antagonistic relationship. So I just yeah. pointed it out. And also totally, you know, Good on Willow for saying that to Xander. I mean, oh,
1: absolutely.
2: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. She she actually is like, yep. I, I'm not going to do this. And how dare you kind of ask me? Which is where we get the line. I didn't think. Well, no, Xander.
1: No, you, you didn't, didn't yeah. think. No,
2: you didn't yeah. think.
0: But okay. I really respect her for. For saying no to him because you saw just how much she was loving like being the practice person
1: yes mm-hmm. and it
0: probably did kill her to say no to him but you know she's like yeah you're just gonna be bitching and moaning to me like all night about buffy and i'm just not gonna put up with that so
2: and i mentioned it earlier but it's one of my very favorite quotes in all the seasons where he says listen to country music the music of pain <laughs> i have said that before and then that patsy klein insert i belly laugh every time i see <laughs> i fold it. i was like oh my god that's just like it just tickles me it's just tiny little thing because he says the line and then they follow it up mm-hmm. in just mm-hmm. this really clever way and i just i don't know why it always makes me belly laugh it's just one of my favorite things ever so <clears throat> And that Xander's got a Patsy Cline album at home, because he just doesn't right. seem the yeah. type. But the I, joke still I, works. It lands. I
1: was assuming it had to belong to his parents.
2: Oh, I'm sure.
0: Um, I, I don't know. I was kind of a weird teenager. But has anybody actually done that before? Like, I mean, it doesn't have to be country music, but just sit in your room alone and, like, like, brood about, like, a
2: person that has dumped you. Um... Yeah. Okay. And I probably listened to Patsy Klein because I don't think it's within Xander's musical wheelhouse, but I was certainly listening to Patsy when I was 16 years old. Okay. I'm like a huge, huge Patsy Klein fan, but, uh, or The Cure. I was probably sitting and crying in my room listening to The Cure or Depeche Mode or, you know, some kind of whiny, well, not whiny. I love The Cure. They're like my favorite band, but. Yeah, I did. I sat and brooded and I wrote in my journal about how sad I was. And yeah, I totally get it. I get Xander here.
1: Okay. Yeah. Not, not, I didn't do that in high school because I couldn't be dumped because no one went out with me. So I was, uh, just didn't happen.
2: I got dumped a lot. Okay. Like a lot. I dated, which was great. I have that experience, but I got dumped a lot. So, oh, oh, that's okay. Okay. Um, it's fine. You you seem to have
1: survived. Mm -hmm.
2: I did survive. I did survive. And, yeah. Yeah. I guess.
0: That brings us to the, I think the crux of the episode. This is the scene that Super makes it, and that's Buffy coming into the library to tell Giles about the blood coming from the sink, and Mm -hmm. Giles and Angel are talking about how Buffy's gonna die, and... Just, like, the entire... Like, Sarah Michelle Gellar fucking owns the scene just so hard. Like, the second she starts laughing because she can't believe what she's hearing, it breaks my fucking heart. Because it is this slow build to her getting angry. It's just so beautifully done.
1: It's just a fantastic performance. And she really... She runs the entire gamut of emotions. Yeah. She just... It's... And it, it, it just works perfectly.
2: Then there are subtleties to the performance, right? A lot of actors, especially younger actors, even though she's been acting since she was five, tend to go to the screaming place, mm-hmm. right? All heightened emotions are the screaming place, and she really hits, yeah, the gamut of all these emotions, and she it's such an emotionally beautiful performance, but it's also a very technically beautiful Mm. performance, how she's able to do that. When she says, you think it, you think it will hurt. I, I'm sorry. I lose it. I lost it again when I watched the episode this afternoon. I mean,
0: she does eventually reach that true anger where she's yelling and throwing at things. But even Mm -hmm. that, I mean, it's not overdone. And I mean, just, and she does have this build where it's like, she goes from disbelieving and she's, and trying to you know asking all of the questions about whether it will hurt, whether Giles she she almost sounds betrayed by the idea of she does Giles yeah. training this new Slayer and, and
2: also betrayed that he didn't tell her yeah. she's like you 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 should you know what you weren't going to tell me yeah. Um, yeah
0: and then at the very end after she yells I don't care and then she follows it up with that very small I don't care and you can tell she really does it's like she knows what her destiny is and she knows she has to do it but she wants to believe that she doesn't care and it's just uh but then it's just like i don't want to die and i'm just like oh sarah yeah
2: how did she it's... never win an award Um, yeah, I always, well, it's a genre show and never gets nominated, but, and I find that Sarah Michelle Gellar's acting is always really technically good. Yeah. Um, and I think it takes a director or a script that's really good to bring it out of her. Yeah. So sometimes I don't always see the potential I know that's inside, but as Buffy, I, I pretty much always do because even if Joss isn't directing, there's a strong presence Mm -hmm. and through line of the director's on this show and she's yeah she just she's stunning it's it's a stunning performance one that's always really just yeah i cried this afternoon it happened yeah,
0: yeah. no i mean i i didn't cry but i was getting glassy i was this is a very yeah, emotional episode on,
2: yeah i didn't full on baby ball this time like the first time i saw this i know that i bald. Yeah. this time i was like oh buffy and then, like two tears and you know, um,
1: yeah. I mean, I, I haven't watched this episode in quite some time, but this thing this this episode is just full of heartbreak. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And we, yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, we've said that this is kind of the start of, uh, you know, Buffy, as most people know it. And I think like even with the character of Joyce, we're starting to get that when I see yes. Joyce in this episode, mm-hmm. I was like, wow, Joyce, you're actually being a good parent. She is.
1: Yes, this is where uh, yeah, even Joyce comes into her own here.
0: Yeah, Uh, because yeah, the you know being supportive of Buffy, noticing that something's wrong, and that whole um, the conversation about like her um, experience at her homecoming dance is just very, very Mm -hmm. sweet, and Joyce feels like an actual character in this episode rather than just an obstacle for things with Buffy, or, you know, a wall, you know, somebody for Buffy to act against. She is actually there, so.
1: Very much so. Yeah. yeah. And I, I do have one yeah. question. A technical question. Um, Giles has Angel's phone number?
0: Yeah! I mean, the fact that
1: Angel, 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 Angel has a phone. Angel has a phone. Like, what? What? Yeah.
2: And why does Xander know where he lives?
1: That's another good question.
2: Because Xander's creepy, right?
1: Yes, yeah, that's yes, okay, Xander's basically been following him around. Yeah,
2: but like, no, like yeah, Okay, fine, I guess so. But it, yeah, I'm a little bit like, mm, no. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I will accept it, um, because uh, we'll we'll eventually get to that scene with Xander and Angel. But, yes. Um,
2: so can we go back to something really quick? Yes. Because we just talked about that. thats It's not a prophecy. Like, we talked about this a couple yeah, we episodes talked about ago. It it's a their- list of instructions. Yes. And all she really had to do was quit. She Her instinct to quit was, like, right. And the master actually tells her the prophecy was bullshit. Yes. And the only reason he's going to escape is because she came down and followed the list of instructions. So I don't know if I'd call that an actual prophecy, so well, again, I mean, also, I mean, there's the whole prophecy of how she's not going to
0: recognize the anointed one, and then as soon as she sees right. the anointed one, she walks like, up and hey, it's like, "Hey,
2: you're, no, you are." Right, because Giles is like, "It's probably a little kid," and she's like, "Okay, let me look for a little kid." It's it's not a prophecy. Yeah. Oh, look, there's so a little
1: kid. Okay, We're I good.
2: will follow him. Well, I mean, the whole oh, idea, you're the guy. The whole idea of
0: prophecies are all really weird.
2: Uh, yeah, they, I know, but the Buffy prophecies are not prophecies they're just yeah and it comes up later on angel even some of those prop prophecies wouldn't happen unless someone did the thing that you
0: know i'm Honestly, just like no. i think joss has read oedipus rex too many times because every single mm-hmm. prophecy is self-fulfilling
1: mm-hmm. yeah
2: yeah okay for sure um but yeah i just wanted to point out that i'm like really that's not a prophecy that's just a cookbook telling you how to make a hellmouth explode. Now I'm thinking <laughs> I don't know.
1: There, there should be like a there, there should be a story somewhere explaining how the vampires like wrote this stuff all down. So so as to screw with the watchers. Mm-hmm. Because oh, the I watchers are That'd like Oh, we have these prophecies and the vampires like, "Yes, yes you do." <laughs>
2: And you're going to follow them. I feel like the Watchers might have
0: known shit, they just didn't tell Giles, because certainly they yeah. knew that the Hellmouth was underneath the library, and that's why they had Giles work at the fucking library.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, basically, okay, Let I mean, we won't really find this out till later, but let's face it, the Watchers' council, they're assholes.
2: Yep. They're total assholes.
1: <laughs> they are such totally. assholes. Totally.
0: If there is ever a group called The Watchers on any sort of genre show, you can bet they're going to be assholes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, it's a fucking rule. This scene where we have the slaughter in the, um, what room is that? The AV room?
1: Oh, the, it looks like the AV room, yeah.
0: Okay. Um.
1: Uh,
0: trying to think over this season. The fr- no, I mean, it's not the first time that there's been a death on campus, because we've had Headless Teacher, and we had, uh, the, this- um, the dead guy in the first episode. Are I mean,
2: Principal is, Flutie.
1: This is the principal first Flutie time. This is the first time there's been multiple multiple deaths okay. Yeah, and 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 just they just left the bodies there. Okay, to yeah, rot. yeah, yeah. That that is, I think, like there were, like, I think, at least with with the, um, at least one of the teacher deaths, they were stuffed in a closet. At least,
0: yeah, there was one. These th- people
1: were just left there to rot.
0: Yeah, there was one, uh, the dead guy in the first episode was shoved into Aura's locker, uh, and uh, um, Dr. Gregory was put in the freezer, I think?
1: Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah,
0: I think Cordelia went in to get her, Mm -hmm. like, prescribed lunch, and yeah.
2: Right, Um, yeah, and he was in the freezer. And
0: yeah, certainly this was bloody, um, and actually they had to film two different versions of it. The European one was bloodier.
2: Um, Huh. I don't even think it was ever made it in to any actual okay. DVD release or on TV. I think it was just they did make a bloodier one, but in editing it all together, why put a second one in for a show that you don't even know is going to be released
1: in Europe? Yeah, yeah well, I, like I mean,
0: that. yeah, the, uh, the the trivia that I had found said that it was done for the European market, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Honestly, um,
1: it, it doesn't need to be any bloodier. Yeah, I mean, no, it's it really It's, it's, it's effective as is. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. And this... And, Scene and the scene with Buffy and Willow, which yay Bechdel test. I know
2: I wrote that down. We finally passed the Bechdel test, and with this, I feel like I'm finally getting to know Willow.
1: Yes, this is the first. This is definitely the first episode where Willow really becomes a character yes. rather than a plot device.
2: And also, we see the huge alley eyes. Yes, right. It's the first. um First big alley eyes which are used many times Mm -hmm. if joss needs to punctuate a scene of like well i need to make the audience feel something let's have alley cry yeah he saw that in this episode and it's just like alley you're gonna be doing that for six more
1: years (laughs) yes
2: yeah and she does it well like
1: yeah also another technical note nice cost-saving measure there with the cartoon
0: Oh, it's um
1: cuz it's a Warner Brothers cartoon yeah. and mm-hmm. it's yeah. on the WB. There you yeah. go.
2: There you go. Yeah.
0: But yeah, um, um the the scene with Buffy and Willow. Um not, I feel like I'm getting to know Willow as a character. I'm feeling the bond between Willow and Buffy mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. Willow being that upset is what convinces Buffy to actually embrace her destiny.
1: And yes. yeah, and it's and to protect, You know,
2: yeah. And this is the first time of a million times that Buffy's going to have to choose her, put her needs above, put the world's needs above her own. Yeah. And I really think what I was realizing watching this is the tone of the show, you know, changes right here. Yeah. And there's a sadness that you're, there's a sadness for me that she will never be able to go back to who she was before. And I'm not talking her Cordelia-like before, but, you know, she's going to survive dying. She's going to fr- survive her first apocalypse. And I think that Sarah Michelle Geller plays that underlying sadness in everything Buffy does without being a total downer. But it's always there. Yeah. From this point on, it's always sort of underneath. And it gives a weight to that performance.
0: Buffy realizes in this that even if she survives what happens with the master... What happened, she is going to die as the Slayer. She is not going to leave, mm. live to be an old woman. Granted, that might have changed by the end of Chosen, but throughout right. the course of the show, Buffy knows that eventually slaying is going to be the thing that gets her. And that starts here.
2: Mm hmm. Yeah. It, again, it's this Sarah Michelle Geller, even in the lighter episodes with all the fun There's always something behind her eyes that just really has such a weight and a sadness. And I I appreciate that in her performance. And again, without bogging it down, without being like, oh, Debbie Downer, wah, wah. That won't happen until the sixth
1: season. Right.
2: I love the sixth season, by the way. (laughs) It's going to be interesting
0: going back to watch, because I haven't watched the sixth season in a while. So, I mean, it's, I think, going to be the first time I've watched it as an adult. So I I might have a different appreciation for it now.
1: Okay, um, so I think I think all this comes under the rubric of this, you know, what I think we can sum it all up in a sense by saying this is the episode where they decide they're taking it seriously.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're
1: like, no, we 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 need to get this right. No more screwing around. This is this is make or break.
0: Of course, we still do have like making fun of the premise. We have Jenny kind of summing up everything that's gone on over yes. the past, the season and it's mm-hmm. just so perfect and Rabia Lamorte is really good. I really yes. like that she's so little.
2: Yes. And she's so little. Yeah. Because which is the entire thesis, Yeah, of, you know, is well, the little tiny blonde girl yeah. kicking the booty.
1: Well, I'm kind of I'm kind of reminded of a quote from the third doctor. Of course, I'm going to go back to Doctor Who because no. that's what I do. Is you know, someone's aren't you ever serious? He says about what i do about not about how i do it Mm -hmm. and i think that's that's kind of what the show is now doing it's like we're not going to be humorless but we're we're moving into a more serious Mm -hmm. both both in terms of production and in terms of what happens on the show it's this is it becomes it's it's real now that doesn't mean we can't make jokes but Weird.
2: Yeah, that's a really great quote. I love yeah. that. I also love the third doctor. So, yeah. there's yeah.
0: just to warn our listeners, we are a bunch of huvians around here. So, we will bring up mm-hmm. Dr.
1: Who whenever yeah. we can. It'll happen. Yeah.
2: Uh, it will happen. I mean, I'm just a general nerd, so like we've talked about my cat, but her name is River Tam. Ah. You know, she's named after <laughs> she's named after a Firefly character, so, you know. Okay.
1: Well, okay then. That that's all right.
2: Yeah, that's all right. Not after River Song. I, I don't have cats named after Buffy
0: characters. I do have Gandalf and Skywalker. So
2: Yes, of course you do. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, I have to bring this up because, I mean, we've often brought up uh, fashion on the show,
2: but Buffy's white mm-hmm. dress and leather jacket. Ugh. Um, hashtag cosplay goals. Uh, yeah. Hashtag I actually... Kind of want someone to remake that dress for my wedding. I
0: was going to bring that up. I was going to say that you should make that for your wedding. And then I will wear the green dress because I'm not going for the blood larva and burlap.
2: But. Right. So, listeners, I'm I'm getting married in about a year and a half. And MC is one of my bridesmaids. And uh, we cannot get the other bridesmaids to agree to wear the green dresses <laughs> from Hell's Bells. And nor do my forty-year-old, forty-three-year-old arms want to wear the strap sleeveless. But no matter what, there will be a a a leather jacket over my wedding dress. And so, yeah. So I, yeah, that dress is amazing, and I kind of really want to incorporate it into my wedding. And we'll
1: we'll um, have to we'll have to instruct everyone at the wedding to say, "I like your dress."
2: (laughs) You know, there are many people coming to my wedding that would say that as a reference yeah like i i do have friends that love the buffy that will be attending so yes so yeah um,
0: I, I i think you should totally do it and i could probably, i kind of
2: want to i might I be able,
0: able to help really you to. like make it something that you can work with um and yeah. uh okay.
2: so giles knockout count
1: yes I'm- and knocked out by buffy yay
2: but was he not? But he wasn't knocked out in the head; he was in the chin. Well, it's just part of your head. But he he was knocked unconscious. So he was knocked he unconscious. Was knocked yeah. unconscious. Yes. Okay, yeah. not hit over the head.
0: Yeah, um, no. I believe this is the third one.
1: Uh, Sounds about right. Yeah,
2: I found a web page that listed all of Giles, uh, uh, Giles's uh, head knocks, and I think this is the third one. Yeah.
1: Yes, and I, I actually I, there was a video that got that had all of YouTube, them youtube that had no it had all like all the running jokes it started okay. with the the world with sh- without shrimp and went through several running jokes and one and they included with the giles knockout count uh they they included the time when he'd been in britain he says now i know i'm back in america i've been knocked unconscious
2: okay
0: <laughs> actually this is the fourth time giles has been knocked unconscious um, wow it, he was un- knocked unconscious in the witch never kill a boy on the first date mm. the pack and now this
1: Okay,
0: and actually, looking at the whole list, this is less than I thought. Um, but he it, yeah,
2: he gets knocked in the head more in the first couple seasons. Yeah, mm. yeah, because I yeah I had that list too. Well, I mean, yeah, this, well...
0: this is why he moves back to England. So he won't get yes. knocked out anymore.
2: Because people, because us bloody colonials are so violent and something like that.
1: Yeah, I can't, less I, I can't say I blame him.
0: And I really love the line, think of something cool, tell him I said it. Um, yeah.
1: it's, a, it's a great line.
0: And also, yeah. Sarah just sounds really sad when she's saying it. Yes. Because she wants to go out cool, but mm-hmm. she's just, you know, at this point, all she can think about is that she's going to die.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is really, this is the most serious episode. Oh, yeah, definitely. Season. I mean, like, there is humor, but even the humor that's in it is, is really m- muted. It mm-hmm. doesn't you it doesn't evoke real laughter it's just it's sort of a sad humor yeah most, most of it and it's yeah it's I, it, it may be the most serious one of the series it's maybe one of the least humorous episodes of the entire series actually I think of course but uh, the, there were
2: there are a couple of lines though that really do give me quite a bit of glee that are really
1: yeah, quite funny
2: but um well, that are really really quotable mm-hmm. especially when he's talking Alexander at the very beginning is talking to willow about like mating and the teenagers yes. like it's
1: just well it, yeah, it starts some... out humorous and the, but yeah once there's it, some good once it goes over that line everything kind of has a uh like a black uh, yeah it does sort know. of have a black humor uh, wh- what i would
0: actually like to do at some point is i would like to watch this episode um along with the gift and compare them with each other because mm, yeah. i think there's a lot of the same beats and the same tone mm. uh because obviously buffy you know, spoiler alert buffy dies in both of them uh mm-hmm. and they were both written to be series finale So I think Mm. there's probably a lot of the same Mm. ideas that were put into those episodes. So I think it would be really interesting to take a look at them. I mean, obviously, the gift is much larger, but I I think that Mm. looking at them, it would be very similar.
1: It's an interesting comparison. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
0: And okay, so like I said at the beginning, we rag on Xander a lot. And this episode, he was better than... Uh, most episodes, and I think a lot of that comes from his scene with Angel. Um, he is so good in that scene. Yes, um, uh, both Xander as a character and Nikki does an amazing job with the acting. I mean,
1: mm-hmm. uh, uh,
0: he he was a fairly new actor when he was doing Buffy, and so I, this is the first time he he's really. I really feel that he is. You know uh that he can carry um emotional weight um and I Yeah, he's doing
2: something more than being the comic relief. Yeah.
0: Um and um, yeah, there's And just I like what Xander's doing. I like that mm-hmm. he's he's figured out, you know, wh- who he needs to go to to help out Buffy. And he's he's being confrontational with Angel, but he's not being confrontational because uh, Buffy likes Angel. He's like, no, Angel, you have to finally fucking step up and do something because at to this point you haven't done anything. True, um, and, true, and basically, true. Buffy loves you, and you're you supposed to love
2: her, so you have to prove it
0: now. And I really respect Sander
2: for that. Yes. I do too. I really do. And he very much. I mean, yes, he's you know Giles is like you know. We can't, and And then he calls him Lacutus of Borg, which I think is a fantastic line. But he, unlike the very first episode, or it's the second one, where he follows Buffy into the sewer, like expressly against her wishes, and this time he's Go not going off completely half cocked. He's getting help. Mm-hmm. He's forming a plan. He's sort of saying, you know, I can't do this on my own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Angel, you have to help me do this. And he, yeah. he, he's he's not
0: he's not going off uh, to be the white knight. He's not trying to no. uh, sweep Buffy off her feet. He's going there because he knows that she's going to die and that she needs help. So
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, that whole scene is very much. It's like I know I can't save Buffy. And I don't like you, but none of that matters right now because we have to do something.
0: And also, the way you looking at my neck scene is really funny.
2: Oh my god, it's
0: fantastic! <laughs> yes. You looking at my yes. neck?
2: But I, I told you you should have eaten before we came. Yes, <laughs> like, I, it's fantastic. And yeah, he, you know, he wants to save Buffy, but again, like you said, he's not doing it as a white knight. He's doing it as like I don't want someone to die, and I don't want yeah. someone to. I like care about whether that be romantically or. Because they're also friends. Yeah. I don't want him to die. If Willow was in the same situation, I think he would do the same thing. Oh, absolutely. He doesn't want people to die. If this was about him white knighting
0: and his romantic attachment with Buffy, I don't think Xander is emotionally mature enough that he would actually be over her rejection of him to actually Mm -hmm. go and do it. So this is all about the fact that Xander, deep down, is a good guy and wants
2: to not have his friend die.
1: Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's no no question.
2: His CPR technique is terrible.
1: Oh God. Yes. TV
0: CPRs. Oh God. I am kind of chalking this up to Slayer abilities. That you know, that's the whole reason why she actually survived <laughs> because Jesus. I mean, I think it
2: probably helped a little bit, but it's really terrible. Yeah. yeah. No,
1: it was not. It was. Kids,
2: don't that. use that as an example on how to do CPR.
1: No. And in fact, she actually, it's not CPR. It's mouth to mouth resuscitation. Yeah.
2: Um, he does a couple of chest pumps, but yeah.
1: Okay. yeah.
0: Yeah, he, he does. does. Uh, but going does. back to uh, the Master and Buffy having their confrontation underneath the church. or um, That scene was super creepy. Uh, and yeah. Mark Metcalf, I mean, we've talked about him being the sass master and how mm-hmm. much we love when he's quipping and everything. But this is, I think, really the first time that we see that, no, this man it, or this creature is... Scary. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: He doesn't just look scary. He really is. Um, He is. And in particular, and I will give props to Joss for this, that ultra close up on Buffy right before the master is biting her and he's whispering Mm -hmm. in her ear and you just have like that single tear run down Buffy's face. That was Mm -hmm. a really good scene.
2: Yeah, that was really great.
1: No, Metcalf is is really phenomenal here. He really, he, because we, you know, he's been, sort of playful and everything for the whole season and just drops that completely and goes right, right for the jugular. Um, (laughs) I'll go stand uh, in the corner. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) I'll get my coat, but uh, yeah. And Oh, another first, of course, Buffy gets fed on for the first time.
0: Yes. Um, And this is the first time or the only time actually that it's, really a malicious fighting. Mm -hmm. The other time she gets bitten, it's all very sexy, kind of. She gets bitten by Angel and gets bitten by Dracula. Um, But I do think um, getting bitten by the Master does change her, which uh, I think makes her more susceptible to being bitten or to the idea of being bitten later Mm. on, which kind of is weird because it's the Master and he's not. Right.
1: I have to say, that's actually an interesting, speaking of her being changed, you know, when she comes back from being dead, she says that she feels stronger yeah. and that she's changed. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of, I, I, this is probably me and it's, it's probably all just down to, oh, the writers require this. But it's like, I really don't understand the mechanics of that.
2: Um, There are none. I had- okay
1: that's what i figured i don't know maybe i always
2: always took it to mean you know i feel changed i feel like i feel like i can do this now i feel strong within myself i feel like less afraid it's already happened i've come out the other side i feel energized by i feel energized for the next part of the battle i don't know maybe
0: if you want to look at it on a more metaphysical level Buffy is out of the line of Slayer succession now. Uh, ah. At this point, Kendra has actually been called, so Kendra is mm-hmm. the official Slayer. So technically, Buffy does not have to die because she is kind of no longer the, you know, reigning Slayer. So, I don't know. I mean, it's, mm. you know, again, it's MC's bullshit, which might yeah. end up becoming like a regular segment on this show. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's okay. Yeah do you have a
0: question um and this is i mean it's kind of weird because it was joss who was directing this but when the vampires are coming to the uh library are coming to the school and you see them outside
2: why do they walk like zombies yes right
0: yeah i mean i'm looking at them i mean I'm- they
2: start running later yeah. when they're chasing cordy's car but they're like oh shambly like Like, why wouldn't they be running towards victims? I don't get it. It's ridiculous. I'm
0: I'm wondering if maybe it was uh, B-roll and, like, the, you know, whoever was doing, like, the the coverage and shit was just, like i don't know when you know no, i mean they're not no, shambling
2: there's... but they're just sort of like milling yeah like milling about like hey we should probably kill someone <laughs> they're, they're a hey dave how's your family <laughs> oh it's good oh look there are people let's go eat them
1: okay well i guess you know. it's, it's, it's my turn to come up with reasons um I, I i just assume that they are like oh the master's risen we don't have to hurry it's we, we're, we're, we're in charge now,
2: <laughs> okay.
0: Just a leisurely walk to the hellmouth. It's like, hey, yeah. let's, yeah, why, let's why, why, why,
1: why yeah. hurry? I mean, might as well. I mean, they're not going
0: anywhere, yeah. or possibly maybe they're being, you know, like psychically drawn to the hellmouth.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and I don't know. Also, Still I think that's the weird. thing. I think they're more, it's, yeah, I think actually that makes sense. It's, it's more that they're heading towards the Hellmouth. It's not that they're looking for victims per se Mm -hmm. at that time. It's just like, we are heading to the Hellmouth right now.
2: Right, And we, you know, obviously, it would take all these extras and stuff, but we haven't seen, like, I'm assuming these are the Master's Minions and not just like vampires pulled to the Hellmouth, but we haven't seen any of them. Yeah, Right. You know, again, vampires matter very little in a show called Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And
0: in terms of nitpicking, we've we mentioned this in the last episode, but uh, uh, David's whole I-, I have no breath thing would be a oh, lot yeah. more effective oh, yeah. if he weren't just panting. Yeah.
1: Which
2: I don't think is David's fault, necessarily. It's the fault of, like, let's come up with this mythology where vampires can't yeah. breathe and then ask actors who were living, breathing human beings
1: Yeah, but they'll to not contradict breathe this yet. later. So, yeah. Yeah it's yeah. like no it's just yeah this is just bad planning
2: yeah
1: i mean i mean it works for the scene where mm-hmm. i mean it right so yeah for the you scene. have to
2: have xander do it not angel and all that
1: right stuff it's, but yeah
2: i'm just like really okay yeah. it's plot
1: necessary but it doesn't actually work for the series yeah oh well yeah.
2: um and then
0: we get uh, buffy's power walk towards the library and you yes. can yes. tell the this was meant as the finale because they're playing the theme tune
1: yep
2: and, you know, the first time I saw that, I know that I cheered. I know I went, yeah. It's, I cheered like, today. I, I know that I, I cheered today, too. But I know at the time, I was like, fuck, yeah. Because mm. I think one of my roommates are like, yeah, all right in there? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Like, I was so excited mm. about that just sort of hero shot and the walk and the, she did it, she didn't. Like, I I was all over this episode. Like, I felt I was so... Like, I was a goner. That's it. I was a goner. Speaking
1: of heroes,
0: um, we have a hero in Miss Cordelia Chase. Oh,
1: yes. I know. I do. She's great. Who has clearly gotten her license by now.
0: Yes.
2: Yes, uh, she has. She is passed. She her. might have lost it after this episode. <laughs> yeah, but, yes. Yeah. Right. And then, like, you know, I'm sure Dad's not super happy with her, like, wrecking the what was it? A seabring or something? Whatever it was,
1: but yeah, it's and like, also part I, of the school. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's, well, yeah. you know,
0: I mean, the school was pretty ruined, anyways. But
2: they can just blame it on gangs, on PCP. Stole her car and yeah. wrecked it. She'll be like, right. "They stole my car, and they, Daddy, did the buy me a new one." <laughs> Daddy, buy yes, me a new generic, one. Generic,
1: um, generic Sunnydale excuse. Yeah.
2: Right? Yeah. But- um, I, when she bites the yes! vampire.
1: Yeah. How do you like See it? how
2: you like it. Like, it's just brilliant. Just found out that
0: vampires are real. It's like, I mean, yes, later on we get Oz with, like, the amazing like non-reaction um, mm. to finding out that vampires are real. But Cordelia mm. has seen even less of a reaction because we don't even know that somebody has told her that vampires are real. She's just kind of realized it and been like, yeah, I'm going to bite you and just Fuck you, vampire! Right? Yeah, I
2: mean that's that's a little yeah. The continuity there isn't great because she doesn't know. I, but still, it's it. her biting. I yes, I accept it. It's great. Yeah.
1: yeah, I have to say it's like every time, like all the, throughout the whole series, whenever you know the, the whole concept of like does do people understand that there are vampires in in Sunnydale or not? And it's like I always I I, I just can't help thinking of the end of the Lost Boys when the grandfather just goes, you know. Only Dan Santa Clara is a great place, except for all the damn vampires. Yeah. And it's like okay.
0: <laughs> Which they kind of reference when the Amy Man comes on the show and she's mm. like, I hate playing vampire towns.
1: Yes.
2: yes. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yes. That's her great line. Mm. Um I mean I think people know weird stuff happens, whether they actually call it vampires or not. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I mean right i mean i wonder what the real estate market's like there it's got to be like, Amazing, super cheap, because yeah. like right well, how like, do you think um, buffy
0: and joyce are able to hold on to that pretty nice house like it's a very nice house yeah, yeah. With, with, uh, and i mean like buffy's even able to hold i mean she does have money problems but she's able to hold on to it on a you know fast food salary well I mean
2: Giles gives her money. Yeah, but, I mean Giles has cut her a check when he finds out that it's really bad, yeah. but um we'll get there. Yeah. We will. Um I say, say that years We'll now. get there.
1: That's yeah, far a yeah. Yeah. couple future. years.
0: Yeah. Um Yeah, and I mean like at this point, um, with this episode, everything happens so fast now in this episode. Like it it there was so much build up with, you know, getting the characters to the place where they need. And then at the very end it's like and here's the end fight um which is not a criticism i really it's not a great yeah, fight it's really it's not it's a
2: pretty anticlimactic fight yeah it mm. really is um i mean the best part about the fight is the like buffy's like quip after quip after quip yeah, yeah. you know um ending with you have fruit punch mouth yes, yes.
1: um
0: though i don't and, really care if the line i skipped the ri- or i flunked the written I kind of like that line. What can I say? I, I like that yeah, line. I don't know. I, I I think out of all of her quips in this episode, that was probably the weakest. I don't know if it was the line itself or it was maybe Sarah's reading. And you know what? She's do- done such a great job throughout this episode. And Joss did such a great job writing Buffy. I'm going to let her go on the fact that this line was weaker than the others. So.
2: Whatever. it's yeah. fine. Um, um, oh, there is a gaffe here. There's like a... So in this scene when she's fighting her, she, she's wearing the white heels. Yeah. Mm. And then she's kicking him, and she's wearing, like, blackish-brownish boots. Uh, yeah. And then it goes back to being white heels. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Mm. So that's a thing that happened. Okay. I didn't notice it. I was just looking up trivia yeah. and, like, unmatchy things. Yeah. So, yeah, I... This is in my top 10 episodes of Buffy, I think. Yeah, no. I don't know. I'm going to have to make a list.
0: Yeah, no, I'd have to make a I list would have too, to but make I'm a pretty definitive sure this list, is my top but... 10. Um,
2: It's essential. It, at yes. least it's it's one of the ones yes. I'm like, okay, people that really want to get into this show, watch this, watch this, watch this, and watch this, and then go here to season two. I
0: think that like, if you have to, if you're like, oh, I don't want to watch season one, I heard it's no good. Oh, yeah. I would watch Welcome to the Howlmelt and the Harvest, angel in this one Mm
1: -hmm.
2: yes and i've had i've had younger friends say i just can't get through that first season it is so cheesy what is it that you love about this series i'm like fine watch the first two watch angel watch prophecy girl start with season two and i think you're gonna get it a little bit better yeah i I mean like these are teenagers
1: those would be the essentials
2: so uh final thoughts
0: on prophecy girl
1: Mm. It's amazing. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's a great mm. episode. It's uh Yeah.
0: Um I think the thing that I have to say is that you know, if Buffy had only been one season, would have been a fucking tragedy. Uh mm-hmm. but it would have uh this would have been a very satisfying ending to the show. If been. it
1: had ended here, yeah. it would not have been the end of the well, the end of the world. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I was very much like, oh, wow, I really hope this comes back because this is the greatest thing ever. But I don't know if we knew at this point if it had.
0: No, we didn't.
2: didn't. I might not have known. Um, I, I wonder when they gave it the renewal that that would be an interesting question. We can talk about that. Maybe when we do our season yes. wrap up, which will yeah. be our next episode. Yes, uh, Next okay. week
0: we will be uh since we've reached the end of the first season, we're gonna take a look back at the mastery storyline and uh we'll also go through the best and the worst of season one. I,
1: I do have I do have I do have two two last things about this episode yes, that I want it. to clarify. It's like, does Giles really not think to do something with the Master's bones? Well, they went I really question. I really question how how like, with it the Watchers are. Oh, okay. Yeah, but it, but it they but, we'll at point, but at this point, but yes. But at this point, they just leave, leave and yeah. go to party and leave the bones there. I'm like, you know, Watchers really don't seem to be with it a lot of the time, or maybe it's just Giles. I don't know. Yeah. But that bugged me. Yeah. And my yeah. other question is: the Master the only vampire other than probably Dracula that we ever see use hypnosis
2: drusilla drusilla yeah
1: ah okay because it it, i mean i'm beginning i'm wondering is like is that a vampire thing or is that a master thing
2: Uh, i think it's a strong vampire thing and it's
1: okay so most of the vampires we see just aren't strong enough
2: yeah and spike says i think in buffy versus dracula that dracula taught showy gypsy tricks Mm. right but doesn't he teach i don't know but yeah drusilla can do it yeah drusilla we see it later of course um, Drusilla's
0: special to like even before she was a vampire so
2: yes that's true because she had prophecy a gift of prophecy and all that stuff mm-hmm. so i think that probably plays into why we didn't really talk about the music there wasn't a lot no for the most part it was
0: nerf herder and then they do a um like a
2: well what would you call it like a there is one like song a softer called version of it. There is? I There is It's Inconsolable by Jothana Brooke, and I think it's playing as Buffy and her mom start their conversation. There is and a song obviously there. Oh, yeah. And obviously there is I Little Fall pieces to Pieces by Patsy Cline. Yes. Right. I mean that's that's pretty obvious, uh, which is a great song. Um mm-hmm. but there is one um because we do have a fan that is kind of tracking our music, so I thought I'd mention that. Yes. Um so yes, um, Yes. That uh, well, clears it, up my issues. Okay, uh, so yes, uh, next week
0: we'll be looking back at the storyline of season one and the best and worst episodes. I wonder what's going to be discussed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I don't know. I think uh, I have no idea what is the worst episode. I can't imagine what
1: uh, what the worst episode going to be. So um, I don't
2: know. Until then, girl, arg. Grr, arg.
0: arg. We'd like to thank everyone who downloaded the podcast, and an extra special thanks to everyone who shared, liked, and subscribed on social media. If you'd like your questions or comments read on the show, you can contact us on our website, returntothehellmouth.com, on YouTube at returntothehellmouth, on Tumblr and Facebook at returntothehellmouth, on Twitter at hellmouthreturn, or on email at returntothehellmouth at gmail.com. We'll be sure to read your comments on the show. Be sure to rate our shows at iTunes and Stitcher. Also check out MC's YouTube channel. See you on Tuesday for our Season 1 wrap-up.